0: You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett and I'm your host. And today I have with me a guest who is all the way across the ocean. Her name is Jane Ferre. Hello, Joanne. (laughs) Hello, Jane. How are you? I'm great. Great to be here. I am so glad to have you today. Let me tell you a little bit about Jane. Jane helps frustrated professionals secure their next role through one on one coaching, group programs, and a selection of online courses and downloadable ebooks. She came to this after experiencing redundancy not once, but twice in one year, once her choice, the other not. Before setting up her own coaching practice, she had a 20-plus year career in senior HR roles such as HR business partner, head of leadership development, and head of talent at British Airways before joining Leon Restaurants as their very first head of training. All this means that Jane has been very active in the job market in recent years. She understands exactly how much effort you need to put into each job application and how frustrating it can be when you get ghosted after an interview. She's also been on the other side of the recruitment table. So she knows exactly what recruiting managers are looking for. Wow, Jane, that is awesome. So in one sentence, you are helping
1: people fill in the blank. Find jobs? Yeah, find the job of their dreams, actually. Because it's, you know, you can find a job and a job is just a job. Or, you you know, we spend at least a third of our day at work. So if you're going to spend that much time at work, then you might as well make it worthwhile and make it happy or funny or you know fun or something, not just the dreary dread. We
0: place a lot of our identity and our mental and physical well-being in the hands of what occupation we hold. And so our job position, not only the actual position, but the culture of the organization, all of that stuff is so important.
1: Yeah, it's really, really important. And it's almost like getting under the skin of it as well. So I talk a lot with my clients about their values. So one of the first things that I do with them is kind of get them to uncover their own values through an exercise that I have. And then I get them to think about. So in in past roles, where were those values kind of fed and nurtured? And where were they just kind of left hung out to dry? And you very often find there's a real correlation between. The roles where it really matched your values, where you were kind of flying, you're in your zone of genius, you were loving going into work every day versus those other jobs that were just, there was a real tension and not a productive tension against you you and the organization. And it's almost like getting behind the values of the organization to go, what's it really like in there? And is this really a place where you are going to excel?
0: Really putting your finger on exactly what the dynamic is going to be and the fulfillment level is going to be based on things that aren't necessarily obvious on paper. I love that. That's so important. All right. Well, fill in the
1: blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? So I suppose if you call me something, it would be a career coach. What I'm helping people a lot with right now is they've been laid off, which is kind of my story. Mm -hmm. That, As you said, it happened to me twice in a year. So the, the first time I worked in HR, I knew how these things worked. I worked for a big super tanker of an organization that took forever to turn. You know, like you have these big super tankers <laughs> and you change direction and then it takes forever for it to actually yes. turn. That's what it's like working in a big corporation. So I kind of had time. So from having that initial conversation in the June I left the following March. That was a long time to kind of get used to the idea. And I left with a check. And that was nice. And uh, I thought I'd have some time off. And then I didn't. I got headhunted straight away, which is where I started my (laughs) job in Lyon. And then that ended after just eight months. And that was a very, very different story. That was come to a meeting on Friday to discuss your future employment. That's it. Now, I've worked in HR long enough to know that when you get a letter saying, Come and discuss your future employment. That means one thing that means there is no future employment. Oh. <laughs> so I turned up for my meeting <laughs> on the Friday, which was basically, you know, your job no longer exists. Ugh. Go home, write a handover, come back in on Monday with, you know, your laptop, your phone, keys to the office, all of that kind of thing. Very, very different experience. So I think, in terms of what I bring to my clients, is I don't know what they're going through because everybody's journey is different, but I know the cycle of emotions that you're going to go through, both Mm -hmm. when it's long and drawn out, which is actually more unkind, I think, versus ripping the plaster off. And almost, you know, you go from having a job to not having a job. And the second time it happened to me, it was two weeks before Christmas. So it was (gasps) just horrendous. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I dealt with the shock pretty well. I kind of sat on the sofa, binge watched Netflix and (laughs) drank red wine. That was my coping mechanism. You kind of need time to lick your wounds and let the denial and all the emotion kind of go through you. Because the cycle that you go through is exactly the same cycle as grief. And in a way, you talked about your identity is wrapped up in your job and your role. And, you know, when I'd go to networking events as Jane from British Airways, everybody was falling over themselves to talk to me. And then I kind of go to networking events as Jane, the person without a job. And it's like I'm the leper in the corner Ugh. because nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's like, oh, okay. How was I that person yesterday and I'm this person today? I'm the same person. People yeah.
0: are reacting and responding to me so differently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's really, really interesting. And certainly coming from a kind of HR perspective, I would have a, you know meetings with lots of recruiters and they ghost me. And I'm thinking, you do realize that when I get another job, I'll be looking at recruiters' to bring into my business and you're not on the list. (laughs) I almost created a blacklist.
0: Yes. You're not going to work with organizations who don't treat people well and who don't do appropriate follow-up, et cetera. Exactly. Very short-sighted of them to leave you hanging like that. Yeah. Okay, tell my listeners where you live and who you live with.
1: I live in a village called Stanwell, which is very close to Heathrow Airport in the west of London. And I live there with my husband, he of the fancy surname, who is from Mauritius, (laughs) the tropical island just off the coast of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. That is fancy. It is.
0: (laughs) How interesting. How did you meet him?
1: Well, this is my funny first date story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. Listeners, you'll have to come back to our compilation episode to hear how Jane met her husband. Okay.
1: It's time to move into our rapid fire questions. What was your first job? My first job was a paper round. So delivering newspapers every week. You couldn't do it in the UK till you were 13. But my brother got a paper round and he couldn't be bothered to do it because he was off out (laughs) playing sports and stuff. So I used to do his round at age 11 and keep all the money for myself.
0: And how early in the morning did you have to
1: get up and do that? So luckily, it was a, a once a week free newspaper. It used to get delivered to our house on a Wednesday. I had like three hundred newspapers, and I used to like Wednesday night. I just do the whole thing and just get it done.
0: Oh, so it wasn't even. Wow, that's amazing. And when
1: I was thirteen, I got my own round, so I used to do them both.
0: Did you but, do it on your bicycle? I'm assuming.
1: Yes, I used to load up my bike. The more I could put on my bike, the more I could do, and the less journeys back home I'd have to do. So it's a good yes. productivity study and <laughs> <the shifty laughs> study. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You got to find the sweet spot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How many newspapers you can load on and what your route needs to be. How interesting. Okay. What was your first live concert?
1: Oh, Prince. I saw Prince in Manchester. So Manchester, the UK is my hometown. And he was playing at the football stadium. When he passed away, my friend sent me a message. She goes, oh, I've just told my son. I mean, her son's like 18. Because I've just told my son about us going to see Prince and he didn't believe me. And I was like, yeah, do you remember? (laughs) We queued up outside and we ran in in the afternoon. They opened the doors. We ran into, we were against the railing so we could see everything. He was amazing. Wow. Yeah.
0: The next rapid fire question is, have you ever met a celebrity?
1: Yes. A friend of mine was given the honor of becoming a Disney legend, which is like the highest award that you can be given as a Disney legend. Wow. A friend of mine went to his lunch afterwards and Dick Van Dyke was there. And really? it was just the most... Surreal pinch me moment. I can't believe this is happening to me. So we're having the lunch and the Disney string quartet are playing, and and Dick Van Dyke and Richard Sherman, who wrote the music for Mary Poppins, were there. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: The quartet started to play Let's Go Fly a Kite, just right next to our table.
0: No way.
1: I have a vivid memory of Dick Van Dyke and Richard Sherman singing Let's Go Fly a Kite to the Disney Quartet. Oh Oh my goodness. And then afterwards, oh, I asked him for a photo. And I said, could you say call Blimey Mary Poppins for me? And it was, <laughs> I resist. I love
0: it. Oh, yes. my gosh. I'm so, I'm so envious. I'm 47. So Mary Poppins has been a part of my life for a really long time. But the original. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the one with Dick Van Dyke in it. And it's so wonderful. And I couldn't wait to show my kids but the song that always gets stuck in my head from that movie is so random. It's I love to laugh. You know the where they start oh, yeah. floating up and ah, yeah. I, oh, I get that song stuck <laughs> in my head so much, and it's it's like so peripheral in the movie that nobody even remembers it. And the other one is Feed the Birds. Oh, I actually put, oh, yeah. I had that on my playlist for a while. That shows you how melancholy I am. Tuppence Bag. Yes. <laughs> Okay, what TV show are you hooked on or what has been your favorite binge watch? The
1: Crown. And I think by the time this comes out, the next series will be live, the one with Diana in it. The Crown is just incredible. Just the attention to detail, the historical accuracy. I was actually watching a couple of episodes like with my French friend and, and I'm going, oh, my God, I know what happens. And he's like, what's going to happen? I was like, can't tell you. <laughs> it's like, I know the ending. And he's going, did that really happen? I'm like, yes, of course. I'm not going to give any
0: spoilers away. Well, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. I'm looking for some more things to watch right now. So that's so fun. What's your silliest memory
1: with your best friend? We used to go around to her house and she had a a shed. I don't know what you'd call it in the US. So it's like a little wooden hut in her garden. And so we used to go in there and we would write songs. One time we did actually, she always had pets and we put her two rabbits together and thought we'd see what would happen. And then we went off to a school trip and then came back and then there was lots of little other rabbits. (laughs) a little biology lesson there her (laughs) mom went crazy i mean god we're gonna go to hell they did not make it there was a reason they had separate cages
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) sleepovers are not allowed Okay, well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our not so fancy moments so that we all can have a laugh together and feel bonded and less alone. So what do you have for us today?
1: When I left university, I went to Disneyland, Paris and I got onto the graduate programs. Disneyland Paris had just opened. It was very exciting. one I was working in the largest hotel in Europe at the time and to give you a a sort of indication of how big it was, it took us the entire evening to do what they call the mise en place, so to change the restaurant from dinner into breakfast. So here I am off to Paris, going to be living this glamorous life, and I end up working night shift in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. and my outfit was not anything fancy. It was a blue boiler suit that I would wear. That was my outfit. I had not a glamorous life in Paris, but what (sighs) I did learn it perfected my French speaking. So I was working with a German guy and a French guy. And the German guy didn't speak great English, but he spoke French and the French guy didn't speak English at all. So we ended up speaking French. And then it was only when I started my next job in Disneyland, so we sort of moved around, that somebody took me aside and said, Jane, you speak French like, they call it like the lieu, really like guttural, like language of the street kind of French. And you Maybe she'll not say certain
0: words. (laughs) When you learn a language in the kitchen of a restaurant, you really need to be careful, apparently.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So, all those words that I was like, you know, saying like perfectly were really bad words.
0: It's amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's cute. So, tell me a little bit about this Disneyland graduate program. I have a fascination for Disneyland. I think that if I ever lived anywhere near one, I definitely would have wanted to work there.
1: Oh my god, it was just amazing. I studied hospitality at university. It was one of those things where I'd not really been very proactive in terms of getting a job and then suddenly it was like, "Oh, everyone's got a job. And then it's like, oh, I haven't got one. And, and then Disneyland Paris came to my university to interview graduates. And I ended up getting on the program. I thought I'd better get my backside in gear and get a job. Um, but fortuitous, right? So I got, I got a great role. And what actually happened was when Disneyland Paris first opened, it was a complete disaster from the kind of customer, oh guest, financial, commercial disaster. Disney had kind of picked up this park and put it in France. There was just so many things on a cultural level that just did not work. What happened was everybody running this program kind of left or got fired. So I found myself, I was doing the restaurant and then I moved into kind of service in the restaurant. Then my next placement was in housekeeping, which is really freaking hard. I mean,
0: you're kidding. Oh, after you have a degree in hospitality, you're working in the backside of a restaurant and cleaning rooms.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much like that. Whether you you know you go into the Marriott program or the Hilton program.
0: Okay, so you have to learn the whole system, and you start in those behind the scenes roles.
1: Okay, I started in July, and then just after Christmas, I was just thinking, I can't do this much longer. It's it's really hard. This isn't you know I've I've worked in hospitality since I was you know quite young, so. I'm not really learning anything. Yes, it's great fun. Everyone's left. We've sort of been left on this program with no leader. And I saw a notice and it was like, come and audition for the parade. So I was like, okay, I'm going to audition for the parade. (laughs) Because I'd always loved dancing and singing and showing off. So I went to audition for the parade and I got in. So I then... I moved into the parade department, part of the kind of getting Disneyland Paris back was they produced this incredible spring parade, they called it La Parade du Printemps, the spring parades. And it was like the first anniversary of the opening. It was like this big party and part of the whole rebrand thing. So I ended up moving to the parade, which was like the best job ever. So, you know, can you imagine turning up to work in the morning and you'd be like, oh, what am I going to do today? Am I in the castle show as Cinderella's Fairy Godmother? Or am I going to do the Beauty and the Beast show as Lumiere? Or am I characters in the park? Or am I dancer in the parade? Or, oh my God, it was the best job ever. And I think there's something magical about being Mm -hmm. at Disney. And all of my really good friends now are friends whom I met at Disney. Really? Just incredible. I mean, we'd go for lunch because, you know, in France, you stop for lunch. And, you know, (laughs) around the table, there would be Americans, Canadians, Italians, Spanish, French, Dutch. And it was just like this cacophony of noise and different languages and different people. And we're so kind of tightly bound that we all went back a few years ago. So it would have been 2017. We went back for the 25th anniversary. So again, there was this huge parade. It was almost like we were back 25 years. It was like, where had 25 years gone? It's crazy. I have ticked off every Disney park. I've been to every single Mm. Disney park.
0: Really? I (laughs) I guess if you have a love for Disney and then you work for an airline, it's kind of like, okay, we can do this. That's cool. Wow. Yeah.
1: My last one was actually Hong Kong. So it's around February time. We were coming into Chinese New Year. I don't know if it was a permanent feature, but they had a kind of Zen garden where they had all of the Chinese characters um, in Disney format, <laughs> as you do at Disney. So the, the rat, the year of the rat was uh, Ratatouille. <laughs> Cute. The year of the snake was the snake from Jungle Book. And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm the year of the dog. So I was like, oh, I wonder who the dog is, thinking it's probably going to be goofy. And it was actually Pluto. So I was Pluto at Disneyland Paris. We're coming <laughs> into the year of the dog. It's my year. It's just like this clouds clearing moment where you just mm. are like, oh, and that's, that was my happening. sign where I was like, I need to go and do this business thing. You know, oh, because I'd been no. thinking about, shall I start my own business or not? And it was like, what's the sign? I'm waiting for the sign. And, and it happens in the middle of Hong Kong Disneyland in the middle of a Pluto statue because it was the year of the dog. And I was Pluto. (laughs) So it's like a full circle kind of thing. What year did that happen? That was 2017.
0: Okay. So, wow. Amazing. Tell me what happened when you got a a haircut in Spain.
1: Well, I used to work as um, a holiday rep. So what that means is that I was working for a British company. And this was kind of in the days before everyone had a mobile phone and the internet. And they would have people based overseas that would welcome British customers. And so I lived in Spain for a while, actually on Mallorca, which is an island in the Mediterranean. And, you know, my hair grows really quickly. And I had really short hair at the time. So you have to keep getting your hair cut to keep on top of it. And I ended up going to the hairdresser. My Spanish was not very good at the time. And I actually ended up with a wedge cut, you know, like in the back of my head, you know, circa boys to men, like 1990 kind of haircut. And I was just so like, I really don't know what to do with this. And I really don't know how to explain to her that this is just really not what I wanted, but I just did that thing. I don't know if it's a British thing of going, oh yes, that's lovely. Thank you. And and then crying when I got home going, I've got a wedge in the back of my head.
0: (laughs) she was
1: never the wiser I never went to that hairdresser again
0: <laughs> do you happen to have a picture of this haircut? no <laughs> oh, You it does not go down in history <laughs> that is not to be seen again We are having a special episode come out on Wednesday, which is the day before Thanksgiving. I have interviewed Shalini Samtani, who is the sister of Sheena Melwani from episode 71, who is my favorite TikTok personality and star and is an amazing singer. Shalini tells us, a little more about her Spread the Joy Foundation, which provides joy boxes to kids in prolonged hospitalization. We laughed so hard. We had such a fun conversation. And she is doing something really interesting with her organization around the Christmas season that I wanted you to hear about. So that's why it's happening on Wednesday. Remember that you can join the Fancy Free Tribe newsletter mail list. I will only email you once per month. It's one little page of fun, interesting factoids about the Fancy Free podcast, which episode got the most downloads in the last month, the best life hack or tip. I give updates on previous guests, and I always do exclusive audio just for the newsletter. People, either a funny date story or outtake that it didn't make it into the show, but it is fun, or a preview that you get to hear early before an episode comes out, or a blooper. To do that, go to fancyfreepodcast.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of that first page, and you just put your name and your email address in there. And if you want to Thanksgiving, to be easier this year, and you happen to be in charge of the mashed potatoes, I have the most delicious and the easiest make-ahead mashed potato recipe. You just get up in the morning and make the potatoes, put them in the crock pot, forget about it, and everyone raves. You guys, I've been making these like 10 straight years, Thanksgiving and Christmas. My family would revolt if I didn't make them, and they are so good. They have roasted garlic in them. There just are so many reasons they're wonderful. I will link to that recipe in the show notes. I actually wrote a blog article about it because I won an award for this recipe. Okay, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Really, just don't worry about what everyone else is saying because they're coming from generally from a place of envy or a place of hurt in some way. So Mm -hmm. they are kind of transmitting that onto you. The tall poppy is the one that gets noticed, you know, and people don't like that. So rise above. You attract the same number of haters as you do the people who love you. So as the number of people who love you increase, the number of people that hate you increase as well. So it's almost like if you want, you know, it's like Dolly Parton, right? If you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. So it's just the deal.
0: Yes. And just focus on the lovers and let the haters do their hateful thing and, and not affect you. Yeah.
1: There's nothing you can Mm -hmm. do or say that is going to stop Mm -hmm. them, you know, just, you know, what I have learned, though, in the past is actually to respond with love and kindness, to kind of kill them Mm -hmm. with kindness rather than to kind of respond with anger because that disarms them.
0: (laughs) What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking?
1: I am... Trained in pâtisserie by the Mm. cordon bleu in Paris. Oh wow, that's amazing. (laughs) You can tell by the size of my ass based on all the cakes I eat, but
0: (laughs) somebody who's trained in pâtisserie and is rail thin is very suspect in my mind.
1: Oh yeah, never trust the skinny chef. Exactly. I took six weeks unpaid leave, sabbatical. I'm I'm a good cook. And, you know, when you're cooking something savory and you haven't got, you know, cayenne pepper, you can stick paprika in and it's fine, you know. But I was, I was always fascinated by the science of patisserie because, you know, you've got to have 25 grams, not 30 grams. You've got to have 25 grams. And it's, it's, Mm. it's science. If if you get stuff wrong, it won't work. And I thought, I want to kind of go and learn this. I want to just, you know, do something different. I, With hindsight, I know it was the beginning of my, the end of my time with BA, but I just wanted to have a different experience. And as I went on the website looking for um, sort of day courses, I found this uh, intensive course. So Usually this is done over three months, but they were doing it over six weeks. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to do that. So it was huge financial investment. Huge kind of time investment, and yeah, I mean it was just life changing i mean I mean I met you know so many incredible people had such a great experience, and you know I spent a summer in Paris, I spent six weeks mm. in Paris from June to sort of mid July and just you know was on my bike cycling through and getting up go to the bakery and my hands smelled of butter. You could you know, we were cause everything was done by hands and it was almost like, yes. you know, it's like I can't get rid of the smell of butter from my hands. <laughs> it was like oozing out of every pore because wow. everything was butter and sugar and eggs uh-huh. and flour. <laughs> and what's your favorite thing
0: that you make since then?
1: So the thing I'm asked to make most is a, is a cake called fraisier, which is um, strawberries. So it's like st- a Genoese sponge with a creme chibouste and strawberries inside mm-hmm. and almond paste and fraisier written oh. in chocolate. So that's my piece de resistance, really. That's my that's Here's my thing.
0: signature dessert. Oh, yeah. yum. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Awesome. It's incredible. Tell my listeners where they can find you online.
1: I have a website, which is just my name. It's janeferre.com. So that's Jane, J-A-N-E-F-E-R-R-E.com. And LinkedIn is my jam. So I'm over on LinkedIn. That's my social media platform of choice. I've also just started a new Facebook group as well, which is called Executive Job Search with Jane Foray. So people can find me over there, come and join us. We've got guest experts in there every week. Tuesday Tips, I'm in there on a Monday giving you some motivation for the week just to kind of keep you going and keep you on track.
0: Okay, I will link to all of those things in the show notes. Jane, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Thank you, Joanna. It's a pleasure. Such fun fun to just chat away and share some stories and it's brilliant thank you so much for inviting me on as a guest oh absolutely
0: thank you so much for listening to the fancy free podcast wasn't jane awesome i of course love her accent but also listening to her stories of travel were so much fun and i know you're dying to hear the story about how she met her husband it does not disappoint That episode, along with a bunch of other first date stories, will be airing Monday, January 4th, which will be the kickoff to season four of the Fancy Free Podcast. Make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode seven, six to get all the links that we discussed today. Monday, we are having Janet McMorty, who is a fellow physician. She's still practicing and she has a hilarious, hilarious story of miscommunication. that occurred in a locker room. It's so good, you guys have to come back on Monday to hear that. Remember to subscribe to the show so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. If you have a story to tell, be brave. Go to fancyfreepodcast.com, click the big red button, and record it, and you just might be on the next episode. So much fun. Or if you are fancy and have recording capabilities set up at home and you wanna record a WAV file or an MP3 file, then you can do that and then email it to me at fancy at fancyfreepodcast.com. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join us in the Fancy Free Facebook group. It's our private slice of the internet. We have so much fun over there. The question of the week this week is, do you have any crazy Disneyland stories? Or I say Disneyland because I grew up closer to there, but I guess just any Disney theme park stories. Or any theme park stories in general. Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look.